to the Principles of Success podcast. This is your host, Dr. Shana Henry. This podcast is for current or aspiring female school leaders and those who are supportive of their journeys. Each week, we will hear from passionate educational leaders. I will also share my reflections from over 15 years as a school leader. Together, we will talk about how to level up our schools and our leadership. Hello and welcome back. What is your leadership superpower? That's the question I asked my guest today, Principal Tanisa Huff from Forest Park, Illinois. For Tanisa, that was an easy one as she believes strongly in the power of relationships. Today, we talk about the characteristics one must have to be a relationship builder. And I also asked Tanisa if gender plays a role in how we build relationships. I'm curious to hear your opinions after you listen in. Let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so glad you're here. For for those listening, we've had about a million technical difficulties this morning. So it's a blessing and a curse this morning. But we're here. And we're glad to be here. We are here. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's gonna keep us from recording this episode. So I'm so happy to have this space with you today. So am I. I'm so very excited. Great. I'm I'm excited to talk to you all about your leadership, but before we get too into it, can you tell our listeners a little bit about you? Absolutely. So my name is Tanisa Huff. I am the principal of a small kindergarten through second grade elementary school. I'm in Forest Park, Illinois, about 10 minutes from the um, Chicago city limits. This is my third year. I have been leading in the pandemic. Um, However, this is like my 19th year in education. So I have a wealth of experience. I've taught Primarily in middle school, I was in seventh grade English language arts teacher for many years before I became an assistant principal and now my new role as a school building principal. So that's pretty much my Well, school. congratulations. <laughs> I, always, I always think it's amazing when I hear that leaders started in the pandemic and you're still leading like cats off to you. Yeah, <laughs> um, it, it, it has not been easy by any means. I actually think that this year feels like my first real year because the first two years we were also isolated and um, it was just, you know, we there weren't, weren't limited interaction with people. And so this year I'm really seeing like what it, what it is, what the learning is like, the, the environment, like the yeah. culture is like in my building, what it's like to be around small children every day as I was used to accustomed to being around older kids. It's, it's been, been wonderful, yeah. but definitely without, not without That's so true. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Great point. When you think about your your role as a leader, what would you say is your leadership superpower? My leadership superpower is building relationships with people and making people feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really realize that was my my superpower, so to speak. And so one of my good friends pointed that out to me. She's like, that is your strength. She said, use that to your advantage. She said, because not everybody has that. And I kept hearing as I was becoming a, you know, a principal, you know, relationships first, relationships first, which is 1000% true. But if you are somebody that struggles with having relationships in your own personal life, it's going to be that much harder for you to do it in your professional life. And luckily, that's just not something that I have a hard time with. It, it comes natural to me. And I'm grateful for that because the technical things I can learn that, right? Being an instructional leader and all of those things you can learn. But if you can't get people to buy in, to trust you, to believe, believe in you, to take the journey with you, 
it, it doesn't matter how much I know about academic data and, and, and moving students into tiers and NTSS. None of that matters if people don't trust me and I can't and they don't want to work for me. Yeah, that's such a good point because the term relationships and relationship building is so subjective. Um, it's hard to teach people how to do that. So I, I really appreciate that reflection around it. So I'm curious when you when you say that, how do you, Principal Huff, build relationships? And the principal huff always is so weird to me. I'm always telling people like <laughs> just this stuff. Cause you know, I understand it's a sign of respect. It's my role. Um, it's my job, what I do, but it's just not completely who I am. I'm very much humble. I tell people all the time, you know, I'm a servant leader. I believe I serve the people, mm-hmm. you know, my parents, my students, my staff. And for me, building relationships, some things that I did was right away, I had one-to-one meetings with my staff immediately when I knew I was coming to the building, just so I could understand uh, what their school experience has been like for them. You know, I'm new coming in. They had had a veteran principal of 20 years. So they have things and routines in place that, you know, we're working for them. And so I didn't want to come in changing something right away because like, that's like a leadership one-on-one no-no, right? To just come in and changing everything without really listening and seeing what the culture is like. So I had one-on-ones. I still find myself doing a lot of listening. I think that's the most important skill a principal could have. One of the most is being a good listener. And also even with problem solving, like, I'm very collaborative. If a problem is brought to me, it's it's more of I'm going to everybody saying, well, what ideas, what thoughts do you have? How could we work, make this work for all of us? So that when I'm making decisions, it's me and my staff that's making decisions. Now, there are some decisions that, you know, I can't get their input from and I just have to do it. But like if it's something that's going to affect the dynamic of my building or even the work that they're doing, I want to make sure I get their feedback. So that's another thing that I do. I get their feedback often. I also try to recognize people as much as I can and say thank you. Thank you goes a long way because it's. I feel like in education, our jobs are so multifaceted that, you know, we do some of everything, right? So I'm not just the principal. Sometimes I'm the parent. Sometimes I'm the school psychologist, therapist, problem solver, not just an instructional leader. Um, I mean, I do a SEL, you know, teacher, all the different things and our jobs are complex. And so I'm always trying to be mindful, conscious of when we're adding more onto somebody's plate, you know, saying thank you because mm-hmm. they don't have to do it. They could very well tell me no, but luckily I have, I work with such a good group of people that everybody helps everybody. Everybody pours into everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I pour into them and they in turn pour into me and check on me. They'll come to me like, how did it go today? How are you feeling? And I just never really had that before. So I'm appreciative of that, but that all comes through building the relationships. So I hope I answered your question. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so much. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Celebrating birthdays. I mean, my mother made my birthday huge for me. So like I celebrate the whole month of June. <laughs> so, you know, I make <laughs> to shout out my teachers for their birthdays or give a little gift card, you know, often just because I think it's important. You know, that's your, that's your national holiday. You deserve to be recognized, you know, in the midst of the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, I did try to do a lot of SEL support and, you know, we did like some self-care like challenges where they had to do like, had like a bingo card and they had to do so many activities. And when they did, it took a picture of themselves doing the activities, sent it to me. And then, you know, the first couple of people, you know, I raffled your name off and you got a gift card. Just, you know, trying to promote self-care because I'm big on self-care and boundaries, right? Because as educators, oftentimes we don't have boundaries <laughs> and we don't take care of ourselves. Yeah. And 
if we don't take care of ourselves, we can't take care of the students that are sitting in front of us. Mm-hmm. So true. And I think um, what I'm resonating with what you're talking about, because there's a there's a difference between the building of the relationship, but sustaining the relationship. And you just gave us a great mix of how you do both, because I think that's really important mm-hmm. as coming in as new leaders. Sometimes we think we got to get to know everyone and then we start to get in our zone and do what we need to do. But it's a nurturing of that relationship over time. Yes. And you, you have to continue, you know, any relationship, work relationship, personal relationship, it takes the work of two people. And so mm-hmm. if your person's doing more of the work, they're going to feel like, you know, I don't want to be involved in this. This is not for me. So, you know, you have to show people, you know, and I'm, I'm big on, we teach people how to treat us. Um, and so I am big on being kind, being respectful and being helpful to people. And I think because of that, I get that back in turn with my staff and my students. Yeah, that's such a good point. Do you think it's harder in 2022 returning from the pandemic to build and nurture relationships than it was before? You know what? I think what we're, yes, I think what we're seeing is that the effects of the pandemic are going to be long lasting and more so I know the academic piece is there. Yes. But I really think what's been most effective is the social emotional, just being able to socialize, you know, the anxiety that some of us feel, just different things, you know. And so I, I feel like just remembering to check in on people and stop and say, how are you? You know, I often ask my teachers, what is it that you need from me? Because I recognize as the building leader, I'm the one that is supposed to remove the barriers so that they could do their job. Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. And that's something that I'm battling with my first year here is figuring out that fine line into, you know, I want to fix everything because I feel like that's my job. But certain things I just can't fix. Yeah, We have to ride the wave. And that's been a huge, huge lesson for me this year that I'm finally like, it's okay. You can't fix it, Tanisa. Um, But what else Mm -hmm. can you do? You know, what's in the sphere of your control? Mm -hmm. Such an important thing to remember. Yeah. And I think so. I do think it is harder to build relationships. You know, it might be some trust there. People, you know, may not feel comfortable you know, talking about what they experienced and facing the pandemic. And so some of us, it was a lot of loss. I lost my grandmother. Didn't want to lose her. She's part of the history of, you know, catching COVID and passing away from it. So, you know, that is in the back of my mind. And so if we don't do things to take care of ourselves, to support us with that, you know, we will continue, you know, to want to introvert ourselves. And not really be around people, mm-hmm. not really talk about it. And there's you can't heal if you don't talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm curious when you think about relationship building as a natural skill, what are some of the characteristics you think of that are essential for leaders when when creating trust in relationships? Being a good listener, um, being transparent, being visible, and being vulnerable. Um, vulnerability is, is something that I don't have any issues with, but for some other leaders, they, they may feel like, you know, I can't be vulnerable. I have to know everything. And I will tell my teachers, you know, if I don't know, I don't know. What do you think? Or let me get back to you with an answer. I never pretend because at the end of the day, I believe in being honest and, and me pretending I know something is not going to help me in the long run when I can just say, hold on, let me get back to you and I'll go figure that out. And just even, you know, being vulnerable with with how you feel about things, you know, what you're worried about, what you're concerned about, helps sometimes ease their concerns because they're like, oh, well, she's kind of feeling that too. So I'm not alone in it. 
I think teachers don't want to feel alone in it. And they want to know that you're getting the trenches with them and do the dirty work with them. And so I just think those those four things are very, very important. Yeah. Um, the vulnerability kind of resonates with me simply because that was something I really had to learn. I felt like I couldn't let my guard down to show the human side of me because I had to be strong for everybody else. Mm. And so that was really something I remember. Um, I was diagnosed with cancer several years ago and I had to take a medical leave mm -hmm. and I didn't tell my staff why I just said, I'm taking a medical leave. And I remember a teacher saying to me, you know, Shana, people want to know they care about you. They want to, they want to be there for you. You got to let people in. And so that was really something that resonated a lot as you were talking about that. I think that's really important to just show people you are human and you have flaws like everybody else and you need to be there for each other. And you make mistakes. It's about owning up to the mistake. You know, I love Nikki Giovanni. It's, it's the quote she has that, you know, you know mistakes are part of life. It's the response to error that, that that counts or matters. I'm probably misquoting her, but it's something to that effect. Like you're going to make mistakes, but how do you respond to that mistake that you made and how do you mm -hmm. make it better? I mean, um, the vulnerability piece is just, you know, I, I believe in being my authentic and true self as much as I can. You know, I, I'm very well aware that I'm a black woman leader in my building. I have no black teachers. And I have a couple of uh, black instructional assistants, but I am it. So I am essentially um, <laughs> who they see as a woman of color in terms of, of, yeah. of, of how we lead and, and so forth. So I do recognize that. Um, and, and I'm mindful of what I say, what I share. However, I do show up as Tanisa every day because I, I can't show up as anybody else. And I refuse to, to not be my authentic self to make anybody else comfortable. Mm, I love that. Okay. So I, I want to ask you about that. Since this platform is for our female leaders, I want to ask you, do you think gender plays a role in how we build relationships? Absolutely. I, I just think men and women leaders are different and, and no shades to the men, lady, men leaders. Um, I, I don't know very, I, very, I know very few male principles and the ones that I do know were very private and didn't share a lot at all. They were like secret girls. You didn't know what was going on in their life. And it's some women like that too. But I think that, you know, as women, because we're mothers, oftentimes we are more nurturing. We are more compassionate. We have more empathy. And we're able to be like, you know, under, put ourselves in somebody's shoes. I am an empath for sure. And so that has been my struggle too. Not letting everybody come and dump all their stuff on me. And then me trying to want to fix it because I can't fix it. You know, I can listen. And I can be supportive as much as I can, but at the end of the day, I have to let it go. And so I think mm -hmm. for women, this is just my opinion, not the opinion of nobody else, my school district or anything. These are my thoughts and ideas. But I just think for women, um, for most of us, it's easier to build their relations. But sometimes it, it depends. I think there's a catch-22. It might be a struggle for some women as well depending on how they grew up, their upbringing, their experiences with their families and, you know, how in tune they are with their emotions, how self-aware you are. I'm someone that's very self-aware and, and have always been. And then in my last few years here, since I've had therapy, even more self-aware. So I'm well aware of how I come across, how I show up every day. Some people are not. So I encourage you to take the time to do that work so to make sure that you know how self-aware you are. Yeah. 
Oh, gosh, that's so good. Okay, so I'm thinking about the school year, and I'm thinking about the the ebb and flows. There are certain points of the year that are tougher than others for educators. How do you evaluate your connections with staff during those ebbs and flows? How do I evaluate my connections with staff during the ebbs and flows? That's a good question. Um, I think I'm constantly reflecting all the time. You know, I hear myself asking all the time, what do you need from me? What do you need from me? Um <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm walking around trying to check in on people. Um, I have a new teacher this year, so I'm constantly I'm, I'm meeting with her. You know, every so many weeks, doing a one-on-one checking in with her, making sure she had what she needs. So I'm trying to be a level of support. I think the beginning of the year, I felt like everybody needs a piece of me, <laughs> and I was like running around with a chicken with my head cut off. We are going into our six week of school, crazy. And so it's starting to settle some. So we're getting to our rhythms and, and, and I feel like class routines are going. So I'm not, I'm probably not as needed as much. I do, I send out this Monday memo thing every morning, kind of like letting them know what's up for the week, you know? And so it's little things you can put in place to do. I used to do this like Monday check-in with teachers, like let me know how you're feeling. I may bring that back because that's also helps me check the post because it may be somebody that needs to talk this week or they need help. Um, when we're in the pandemic, I used to also do, um, when we have our staff meetings virtually, I would have like words like, which word, how do you feel today? And, you know, just taking a post of how people are feeling, you know, because oftentimes they're feeling better than we think they are, or they're not feeling as good as we think they are. So I feel like I'm always evaluating and self-reflecting and trying to figure out how I can support people. Um, it's definitely a tr- tricky and challenging as we get through the year. And now evaluation season will be upon me. So Yes. Trying to navigate how to do evaluations, how to have your grade level meetings. And, you know, it's, it's busy. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious for the for the new principals who are listening or aspiring new principals, and you've been in this now for three years. If you could give three tips to brand new principals, what would you advise? Three tips, brand new principals. You need a mentor. Yes. Find you someone. Um, whether informally or formally, you need someone that you can talk to about the different things that you navigate because some of it you don't realize what support you're going to need until you're in the role. And having somebody who has walked that lab, that journey, it, it will be a big help. I'm finally getting a mentor um, this year. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, I'll be honest, my, my eight years in leadership, I, I have not had a mentor. I had a good friend of mine who I made her my honorary mentor. But there was nobody like guiding me along the way. Like everything I've learned, Shana, has kind of been through trial and error and like what not to do. <laughs> like watching somebody else make a mistake. And I'm like, mm. I'm not going to do that. Or yeah. thinking about when I was a teacher, what I wanted in the principal, you know, what support I needed. And so I always said when I became a principal, what first I didn't even realize I wanted to become a principal. That's a whole nother conversation story we have. Um, I knew I wanted to be an assistant principal because I always said I could be a good support backup to another person. And then that shifts. <laughs> That's a whole nother um, podcast we could talk about. But anyway, I'm, I'm glad to be where I'm at. But like, definitely they need a mentor. Take the time to learn your building, learn your staff and build those relationships. Definitely have those one-on-ones to figure out what people want to keep. You'll be surprised. They may tell you some things that they, they've been doing that they don't want to do. They want to go away. But definitely have those one-on-ones. And then boundaries. Because as principals, we, we I mean, we could be burning the midnight all. And, and it, you, you can't do that. It's always going to be work to be done. So you need to set some type of boundaries. Because remember what I said earlier, we teach people how to treat us. 
and that mm. we model for staff. My staff knows Tanisha is not emailing me after three o'clock. Tanisha is not going to email me on the weekend mm. unless it's something major. So they know. And I try to be mindful of the number of emails I send, period, and the number of meetings I'm having just to be having a meeting. Don't do that either, the new principal. Don't just mm-hmm. have a meeting, just be having a meeting because you want to see everybody's face. Have a meeting when there's meaningful information to be shared. That is so good. I hope everybody wrote those down. Okay, we're going we're gonna to wrap up with some more wisdom of Tanisa here. We're going to do our fast five. So one word or sentence in, in, these, in these last few minutes. Favorite leadership book? Uh, my favorite leadership book, What Great Principles Do Differently. I think about Ty Whitaker is his name. That's a good one for first year principals. Just saying. <laughs> Favorite app? Oh, I'm a TikToker. <laughs> it got me through the pandemic. Man, my son used to get the easy dances and do the dances. So TikTok. Okay, that means I'm off to look for oh, your account no, after right. we get it's off here. Hidden. It's hidden. It's hidden. <laughs> Best Amazon find for work? Oh man, I don't know. I can tell you what, you can find any instructional book you need on there. All of Principal Kafili's books are on there. If you all don't know who Principal Kafili is, you all be because yes. he's amazing. Shout out to Principal Kafili. Yes. <laughs> all right. Favorite song to put you in a good mood? Anything Beyonce. Mm. Anything Beyonce. She has a new album out that's in heavy rotation. So break my soul. We'll go break my soul because the school you're not going to break my soul. Absolutely. All right. One tip you would tell your first year principal self. Breathe. Just breathe. And I've said this a lot. This too shall pass and trouble don't last always. So my current reality is not my <laughs> future reality. So and I'm, I'm as I'm saying it to myself, I'm like, six weeks of school. All right. <laughs> Trouble's going to pass. I love it so much. Yes. All right. Tanisa, have, where can people find you? Everyone, you can find me on Twitter, Twitter, look, Twitter, Twitter as Principal Tanisa. I am also on LinkedIn, it's Tanisa Huff. And yeah, you might can find me on TikTok, but I'm not telling you all my TikTok. Link. <laughs> I'm, I'm on a mission today. It's private. It's private. <laughs> uh, and my Instagram and my Facebook, I use just for, for personal stuff. So I, I they're not work related. So. Okay. Well, Twitter and LinkedIn, we will find you there. Tanisa, thank you so much for this time today. It was purely enjoyable. Yes, it was a good time, Shana, anytime. Thank you, Principal Huff, for sharing your reflections and insights from your leadership journey. We will be back next week with another great episode featuring another amazing female school leader. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, this is Dr. Shana Henry with the Principles of Success podcast.